Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. It's a new month on the Get Ready for the Future show. And today on the program, avoiding the seven deadly sins of retirement planning. We're getting slightly spiritual, sort of. If you're closing in on this stage of your life, this show is certainly for you. The seven things to avoid doing. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome to June all across the state of Arkansas. It's another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman and to my left is Teresa Arago. Good morning to you. Good morning, Scott. John Shrewsbury to my right. Hello, sir. And Tim Key to his right. Hey, Scott. Filling in for Janet Walker today. And we are talking the seven deadly sins of retirement planning. So, Obviously, the way my brain works is we get a nice theme going, and I think about the uh, parallels and the uh, the the use of the words, and I start mm-hmm. going, okay, seven deadly sins. Everybody's heard about that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> at least some form of it, some movie or, of it. or spiritual or something. You know, Everybody has heard that phrase. Uh, the application of it may be a little bit different in, in depending on what your background is. Yeah, so I looked it up, and of course it comes from the, the it's a Catholic in origin, and it's obviously not necessarily biblical, not necessarily that these seven deadly sins are not considered sins, but they are the standard list by which other immoralities come from, right? Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. And I'm sure none of us at this table ever had any trouble with any of those. Not a day no. in my life. Won't right. admit to it's, it. It's, yes. Yeah. Don't admit to it. <laughs> I'm just going to remain silent. Okay. <laughs> Dates back to the fourth century. So it goes way back. And, and they've had, there has been a movie uh, based on that. Phenomenal movie based on that. <laughs> I assume one. I'm only thinking of one. We're talking yeah, about seven. the one with Brad Pitt oh, yeah. and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that that's a good one. Uh, so that's our context, I guess, for today. Now, these are not sins that we're talking about, but it comes from uh, an article about retirement mistakes that baby boomers make. And and we're still in that that realm, John, of when you talk about baby boomers. We've been talking about this for years, but thousands upon thousands of them retire every day. And this is a generation that was born after World War II. Everyone knows that, but they just tend to be the ones that are walking up on retirement now. And, it's, it, and there are some specifics to their generation we're talking about seven of them that they may have avoided doing all through their lives just because of the the, the uh, generation that they come from that could really prove disastrous in their retirement. Yeah, the stock market has been a major influence on the baby boomers. You know, the baby boomers are the first generation to actually head toward retirement without uh, the real support of pensions. Pensions were very Mm -hmm. prevalent uh, to the World War II generation, the greatest generation. They were not so prevalent for the baby boomers. And as we all head into retirement, uh, it's kind of a do-it-yourself type thing where meaning that you've got to fund a good part of your retirement. Now, there was the advent of the 401k and the 401k match that sort of took the place of a pension. But when you think about that, now the onus is on the individual to figure out how you can replace a paycheck with regular, predictable, dependable income that's going to last you the rest of your life. And Scott, that's what has really given birth to GenWealth because there's this whole generation of baby boomers headed toward retirement and not really a lot of information to go on about how to actually replace those paychecks. Yeah, and I think the financial services industry has maybe in many cases been a little slow to catch up on that. Mm -hmm. Changing that dynamic of how do you plan for retirement income other than just manage someone's investments. Yeah, the problem is is that only about 13% of the people have a written financial plan. And you're facing one of the greatest financial journeys that you will ever go on. You know, so many people dream about buying a house as they're growing up and and getting married and all of that type of thing. They think that's just it. But it it really is not the biggest financial decision you're going to make, Teresa. And it's one that impacts a long period of time for these people, too. The studies have shown us that most people who are retiring now will live well into their 80s and 90s. So it's not a short-term fix, either. Mm -hmm. We've got a long-term income replacement issue if we haven't planned properly. And that's exclusive to the baby boomers. 
boomers because no other generation has lived that long, exactly. right? They haven't had to plan for such a long time without a paycheck. You know, some numbers are pretty startling. We've shared them before, some similar anyway, on the show. If you look at an annual study from the Insured Retirement Institute, it cautions that a majority of baby boomers are unprepared for retirement, focusing specifically on boomers. This study interviewed 804 people ages 56 to 72. About 11% have $500,000 or more saved for their retirement. Nearly 50% do not have any retirement savings at all. Now, this survey isn't from the financial services industry. The IRI represents annuity providers. And yes, the survey results do suggest that annuities have a purpose in retirement. We'll get to our view on that later in the show. But those are startling numbers. And and, and I don't want people to get focused in on, well, do I have a half a million or more? Uh, because that is not necessarily what you should be focused on. But if you haven't saved for retirement or you feel like you haven't saved enough for retirement, it is time to jumpstart that process. So certainly I hope you have a little bit of time Mm -hmm. left. So we're talking to people five to 10 years out today. If you are walking up on retirement, the first question I have for you, we've already talked about it. Do you have a written retirement plan or do you have a collection of investments? That's a big thing to ponder as you walk up on retirement. Because, John, you've said it before on this show, accumulation can be pretty easy. Yeah, it can be. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that has been the positive thing about the baby boom generation is they've had a, a strong stock market for the most part behind them and, you know, have rode the wave, if you will, of the growth of the 80s, the growth of the 90s, and the growth of the, uh, let's call it the the 2010s, yeah. <laughs> uh, because we didn't really have any growth during the 2000s. But, uh, you know, there's been uh, some real progress made with that. But along with that has come a lot of mistakes because they were throwing money at something Tim, without really an objective. Yeah, if you don't have a goal of what you're shooting for, you're not going to hit that goal. So I think a lot of these baby boomers, I mean, they went into um, planning for retirement a whole different way than than, than has ever been done before. I mean, their parents, most of them had pensions or Social Security was Mm -hmm. enough for them to live on. But the way things have evolved and the way 401ks came about, about the time that they were hitting their, maybe their peak earning years, but it was something new to them, and maybe they didn't get started in time, and they put it off because other things in life were happening, and they just didn't weren't able to accumulate enough. And when you think about those 401ks, I'm sure it's like they are now. They were handed a packet. They were told to return it in 24 hours. There was no training, no education about how to utilize that tool. So, you know, there's a lot of tools in my tool chest that I don't have a clue how to use, so I just don't use them. And a lot of people find themselves in that same situation. Well, here's the other thought, too, for you as we talk about today's seven deadly sins of retirement planning. They become particularly important. They're going to be important no matter what stage of life and what time in the economic or market cycle that you're retiring. But think about where we are right now in the market cycle. We are 10 years in to a bull market. And John will have the fastest four minutes in investing in just a moment. We'll talk about uh, how LPL is still, LPL research is still pretty bullish on the rest of this year. But at some point, If you're five to 10 years out from retirement, you're going to be walking into a bear market and or a recession. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got to be thinking, how do I plan uh, to be not a victim of that circumstance? I think that's the big deal. If you're thinking about across a period of time of 10, 15, 20, 30 years in retirement, you got to believe that some curveball is going to come your way during that time. How do you avoid that curveball? How do you be sure that you're prepared for whatever may come? I think that all of that, Scott, really does rest on the one thing that we talk about every show here at the Get Ready for the Future show, and that is, do you have a plan? Do you have a written plan to take you through that? Are you just playing a guessing game? So the topic of today's Get Ready for the Future show, seven deadly sins of retirement planning. What are those deadly sins? And really, they're just mistakes. They're they're things that if you really avoid doing, your retirement could be better off. We'll talk about that. We'll dive in with number one, when we continue on the show right after this. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. 
Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Very popular and timely subject on today's fastest four minutes in investing. And we're taking a look at the forecasters, John, that LPL Research used to try to predict, and obviously there's no surefire way to do this, when a recession might be imminent. And it's always on people's minds, investors' minds nowadays, because of we are at all-time highs or near all-time highs in the stock market, and it's been so long. The market cycle now 10 years old. We've been in this booming bear or a booming bull market. When is that bear right around the corner? And it's good to look at the fundamentals. These are, these are five uh, economic indicators that LPL Research look at. We're going to mention one of them, take a harder look at four. Yes, absolutely. So when you think about studying the economy and, and the markets, there's kind of two schools of thought. One of them is to be micro and to be looking at the little small things that go on on a day-to-day basis. And that's what a lot of stock traders and market timers use. And we don't do that at GenWealth. And and we at LPL Research, they, they don't engage in that either. We are very macro in terms of what we're looking at the big picture. So the five forecasters that we look at, the purchasing managers index, the leading economic indicators, the yield curve, things like valuations on on uh, stocks and, and how the market is performing. And then the breadth of the rallies that go on in the market is everybody participating. Those are all things that we're looking at. And Scott, right now, if you look at the purchasing managers index, it is slowing down, but it is not in any kind of danger zone. It's still above 50. 50 is kind of the, the break-even point. If it goes below 50, then that is a, uh, a solid indicator of a recession coming. It has not been below 50 in a long time, still above 50, but it has come down from its high levels. So we're watching that as a as an indicator that we might be getting closer to a recession. We're also watching the yield curve because obviously if the yield curve inverts, that is a long time uh, indicator that a recession may be on the way, but we're really not there yet, but we do have that on watch. If you also look at market participation, how many stocks are going up when the market goes up, that's a fairly broad number of of stocks. So these rallies that we have in the market, they're fairly well uh, participated in. And so we don't see any ill health in the market when it comes to the market breadth. And then when you take a look at valuations, valuations are a big driver of the market. If the market gets too expensive, a market can correct fairly strongly. But the market is not overvalued at this particular point in time. Some of the corrections that we've had over the past few weeks and few months have kind of wrung out some of the excesses. And we believe that the market is set to really actually go a little bit higher before year end. Okay, okay. so we have about a minute left. Let's just talk a little bit more about uh, market breadth and valuation, just kind of help people understand what that is. So the market breadth is basically the advanced decline line. Yes. It's, it's this uh, number of stocks advancing versus declining. And that is seen as healthy. And then the valuations, we talk about this quite frequently, but it's a very important number. And I think people get the perspective, John, that they're overvalued because the market's high, but it's a price to earnings mix, right? Yes. The ratio of what is the price of the stock versus what are the earnings of the company that that, that stock is offered under. Longtime listeners to this program and to the Get Ready for the Future show know that we love earnings. And that ratio of the price of the stock to the how much money that stock is making in terms of earnings really is, we believe the very uh, bedrock of the foundation that we look at in terms of the health of the market. If earnings are there, then almost everything else, you know, kind of works itself out. If earnings are not there, or if a stock's price gets way ahead of its historical earnings ratio, then you could have some problems. Right now, we believe valuations are really strong. Yeah, big takeaway, few warning signs from those five economic forecasters. That is it for the fastest four minutes in investing on social media and on the Get Ready for the Future show. We'll be back on radio in a moment. If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. From the GenWealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. 
Moving into a new month of June, but if you missed last week's show, we were talking all about May. Sell in May and go away. Remember that? Yeah, you probably have heard that before in regards to the stock market. Well, is it a good idea? I would invite you to go back and listen to our podcast. You can check us out on iTunes or Stitcher. Any of our previous Get Ready for the Future show broadcasts are there. And if you'd like to learn more about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, you can always call us, 501 653 Again, our number is 501-653-7355 to reach out to a Gen Wealth advisor near you. That is our main number here in Bryant, but we have offices in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Northwest Louisiana. So if you're hearing my voice today, chances are there's a Gen Wealth advisor near you. And that first step in the process, the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, is absolutely free to you. It's just a consultation. It'll take about a couple of hours of your time. And as we talk about The seven deadly sins of retirement planning today, it's very appropriate that we're talking to people walking right up on retirement because that is what we work with our clients on every day is stepping up to and going through retirement and building a written retirement income plan with the goal in mind of not running out of money before you run out of time. So how do you avoid those seven deadly sins to walk into retirement prepared? Number one on our list is not saving enough or anything. We talked about in the last segment, guys, only about 11% of baby boomers, according to a survey, a recent survey, have $500,000 or more saved for retirement. Again, I'll, I'll reiterate, don't get locked in on that number. It's just to highlight that not many people have done this. And I get in the early stages of adulthood that that's not something that is a priority for folks. No, it, it's not. And the problem is you get kind of sucked into two things. One is consumerism, and the other is keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting here during the break thinking about this. How much is your cell phone bill? Just uh, off the top of your head. Yeah, yeah, you've exactly. got a lot of kids and teenagers. So I have I have. Three, four, five phones I'm paying for. So just the cell service. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. The whole bill counting the cable is about just shy of five hundred a month. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. So okay. probably four. It's probably close to. It's between three fifty and four hundred. Probably. So let's rewind to when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we all had one telephone in the house, and right. it was probably twenty five or thirty bucks a month. Sure. Even if you double that for inflation and say, yeah. okay, today it would be sixty bucks a month. Yeah. 500 versus 60 bucks a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where some of the money goes. Mm-hmm. Now, we all think that you can't do without a cell phone, right? You, you just have to have a cell phone. Well, I know folks that don't have cell phones. And, you know, you make these choices, you make these decisions about where you're going to spend your money. And unfortunately, consumerism says, pick me, pick me, pick me. Uh, you know, it's basically every item that's out there has some sort of allure to it, and it is trying to gain your money. Mm-hmm. Unless you are intentional about directing your money to your retirement plan, it's going to get sucked up into whatever it is, cell phone, you name it. I don't care what the necessity or the fad might be. It's going to get sucked up into that great void, and you're going to wonder one day, why didn't I save? And that's really why. And we've all seen it. The more you make, the more you spend in, in our clients. It, you can make tons of money and still spend every penny. And a yes. lot of people do. So to say that you don't have any money to save is not accurate. All of us waste money on something. Yes. So take some time and put some thought to what your spending's doing so that you can control it better. And Tim, Dave Ramsey says, pay yourself first. You know, that I think I think about that in two regards. First of all, Putting it on autopilot if you can, starting to make mm-hmm. it a contribution that happens frequently. Or when you get a raise, you give yourself that raise in the terms of savings before you start buying stuff. Exactly. You got to pay attention to it and you got to make it a priority. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You have to set it. And the easiest way to do that, especially if you're an employed and you have a 401k or some type of other retirement account, is just to have a certain percentage of your salary goes directly into that retirement account. And a lot of people don't realize you're not going to see every penny come out of your check when you do that because it's pre-tax dollars a lot of times. Guys, isn't it interesting that in almost any other venue, any other subject, we would put our well-being and our family's well-being ahead of everything else. Mm -hmm. We'd put it ahead of our jobs. We'd put it ahead of our neighbors. We'd put it ahead of, of just about anything. But we don't do that when it comes to our money. 
Mm-hmm. When it comes to our money, we say we're going to spend and make ourselves feel good about something as opposed to depriving ourselves maybe of whatever that item might be and building some financial security for our families. And I think that this really goes back to the void of education about this. Yes. When you look at all of these things, uh, as a matter of fact, I got on a rant over the uh, Memorial Day holiday because there was the news that, that the House had passed this new retirement bill. And it was just one of the greatest things in the world. And, and essentially, all they have done is they made it easier for small businesses to pair together and sponsor a 401k plan. They have pushed the RMD age out to 72. Now, all this isn't law yet, but that's what this Mm -hmm. bill does. And it also has allowed somebody beyond age 70 to contribute to an IRA. And all these pundits are just clamoring about how great this bill is and how Congress is addressing the retirement crisis. Well, I'm just going to say bull. It is absolute bull. It has nothing to do with addressing the retirement crisis. As a matter of fact, the last money that goes into your 401k or your IRA before you retire is the least effective money that you can Mm -hmm. put into it because it doesn't have time to grow. The fact that you're pushing the RMD age out to 72 might have a positive benefit for folks that are in their 70s. It would. I think that's probably a pretty good thing because we're living longer. That makes some good sense. But it's not a panacea to the retirement problem. Mm -hmm. The retirement problem is rooted in a lack of education. Absolutely. It's why we have started MoneyWorks here at GenWealth because MoneyWorks actually educates people about their finances, their 401k plan, all of that, and does it while they're at work where they can make some decisions about it. We've got to start addressing this issue of education. And yeah, MoneyWorks absolutely free to employers, I might add. And if you'd like to learn more about that, you can give us a call, 501-653-7355. We can tell you about how we deliver that if you're an employer or a decision maker uh, for your employer. Give us a call and learn more about how you can educate your employees on financial matters. So not saving enough. And I, and I want to offer this bit of hope too, because if you haven't saved enough, if you saved a little bit, we do work with clients who are five to 10 years out from retirement. And that is a substantial amount of time that can make a drastic difference. If you mm-hmm. change your behavior now, you know, they call those things catch-up contributions when they increase yes. the limits on the 401k. There's a reason they say that, because you're catching up. And you can, Teresa. If you've got 10 years, you oh, can yeah. make a huge difference. So don't think it's too late. Well, and most people who are closer to retirement like that have less strain on their finances than they did when they were in their 30s and trying to get kids through daycare and, and deal with all those expenses for young children. So they're in a great position to make those changes at that point in their life. You mean they're not buying cars for teenagers exactly. and cell phone I'm bills for Not teenagers. even thinking about that yet. Ooh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not ready to deal with that. Days. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love my kids and all, but that's kind of exciting to think about. Uh, you know, I want to play off this this five to 10 year period of time before retirement. Tim, that is probably the most critical time uh, for someone to really bear down on the planning issue of retirement because what happens during that, that danger zone, if you will, five to 10 years out from retirement could really make a difference. It really will determine the path by which you go. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of times if you're further out than that, you're still accumulating. And so you're really not thinking of what the end goal is. You're just trying to build that nest egg as as what you've always thought it would be is bigger, the better. And that's not always the case because if there's a desire for you to live fairly, a fairly simple retirement and not have a lot of income need, your actual retirement accounts don't have to be that large. You could actually have a very nice retirement with a lot less um, stress mm-hmm. in your life as far as that goes by not having that debt that you may have had early on in your life. You're out of debt now. So you don't have to have that that large income that maybe you had in um, well, during your work years. Scott, I was explaining to someone that I was visiting with over the Memorial Day weekend why that that five to 10 years out in retirement is so critical. If you think about it, if you had a repeat of 2008, maybe a downturn of 40 or 50 percent in your portfolio, which a lot of people experienced in 2008, if you only have $5,000 in your portfolio, then it's down to $2,500. You've lost $2,500. If you have $500,000, you've lost a quarter of a million dollars, and that is devastating to you that close to retirement. That's why we really encourage people before they 
they retire, before five years out, before you're ready to retire, to come in and sit down with a Gen Wealth advisor because you've got to begin to prepare for that eventuality. We're going to talk a little bit more about how we do that planning a little bit later on in the Get Ready for the Future show. But we need to move on to number two on our list of the seven deadly sins of retirement planning, draining your retirement savings. So this same survey we referenced in the first segment today said 17% of baby boomers did save for their retirement once, but then spent the money either in desperation, carelessness, or maybe both. And I do think we deal with this, you know, we talk about client behavior being something that we work with our clients on and that being as important as anything. That behavior is usually referenced, guys, in reference to uh, their investments, right? I mean, they want right. to get out of the market when the market gets choppy, but some of the behavior is counseling them on decisions that could impact their retirement later on. And this is one of them. John, you and I had this uh, recently. We have a, a client who's going to retire a little sooner than she expected when she first came in, and we had to really analyze, can she do this? And the big important factor was is she's going to have access now to all of her retirement savings. She needs to keep her hands off of it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Scott. The, 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 the box seems to be open uh, to, yes. to the toy chest, uh, when you change jobs, because that is a qualifying event, allows you to have access to your 401k money. And what will end up happening is that you will logic your way, quote unquote, <laughs> around the words logic, yeah. uh, the word logic, rather, uh, you'll logic your way into thinking, well, you know, I've only got $10,000 in my 401k, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to go pay off this debt. And what you don't realize is that you'll end up with about $5,000 to pay off debt by the time you pay the early withdrawal penalty and the taxes on that money, and then you won't be able to liquidate the debt. But then if you look at the compounding effect of that $10,000 in your retirement plan, if you're young, then it can make a huge difference in terms of what dollar amount you have when you're ready to retire. It is probably the most frequent mistake that people make because they feel like they want to either buy something or get rid of a debt when you've got to keep your hands off that retirement program because it will not have the effect that you think it will. Seven deadly sins of retirement planning. That's the topic of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We need to take a break and we're going to have to hustle, guys, through these last two. We only got through two. We've got five more to go. Stay with us. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. Education-driven. Strategy-based. Team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. Welcome back to the Get Ready for the Future show, talking about seven deadly sins of retirement planning today. We've gotten through two, so we're going to have to hustle through the last five halfway through the program. I do want to take a moment to mention, though, if, you, if you're looking for some really easy-to-understand perspective on your retirement, you should check out Your Retirement Should Be More. It's a book written late last year by John and Janet. You can find that uh, at retirementshouldbemore.com. A really easy to read, easy to understand perspective, and it'll give you some thoughts on your retirement and give you some thoughts and give you some understanding of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process as well. So number one on our list today was not saving enough or anything. Number two was draining your retirement savings. So if you save money but then rated it at some point, that is certainly one of the deadly sins to avoid for your retirement. And number three builds off that, not calculating a retirement savings goal. Maybe you have been saving. Maybe you've done a good job of not rating that qualified account, that retirement account, and you're on your way, but you don't exactly know where you're going. How much do you need in retirement or better served that's not really the right question to ask. It's how much income mm -hmm. do you need? Have you thought about how your retirement savings is going to be converted into income that will last you the rest of your life? That's really what we're talking about here. I'm, I'm assuming that all of us at the table at one particular time or another, maybe not Tim, but all of us at one particular time <laughs> yeah. or another have probably cooked something, right? I've cooked something. You're, so he I was have. in college. He okay. had to have made some ramen or ramen, something. Okay. It know. does surprise my wife now if I do cook something, okay. but it happens every once in a while. Okay. So would you just kind of throw some stuff in a pot and see what works out? 
I mean, I've done it, yeah. but it's not <laughs> ideal. Um, Actually, I would. I'm not one of my best time. meals, one of my kids' favorite meals was from a night where I was like, I don't know what I have in my kitchen to cook. Let me just throw some stuff together and see what happens. We call it awesome pasta. But that's yeah. not how I cook normally because okay. it doesn't normally work out. But it doesn't work 100% of the time. That's but, for sure. But <laughs> if you had to, if you were... If you had family over, if you oh, had yeah. family and friends over and you were making a specific dish. <laughs> oh, you were I, at a successful dinner. Yes. yes. Oh, I, yeah. I actually yeah. tried that once yeah. too and yes. we ate pizza that night. So <laughs> I, I know okay. where you're headed with All right. that. So you wouldn't just throw things together. You wouldn't just, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe a half a cup of salt. You know, no. I, right. you wouldn't do that. A better analogy for me would be, uh, everyone here knows that I have a almost five month old at home and we decided we were going to go up to the lake this weekend. It literally took me an hour and a half half to get all of her stuff together to make sure we had everything because once we get there if we don't have it we're not getting it because of where we stay Hmm. so that for me is a better analogy for this because i have to prepare to go anywhere with her well the the analogy really does come home to retirement planning because when you are just throwing money at a plan Mm -hmm. without at an investment, let's say, without a strategy, without a plan, without uh, some calculation as to, are you going to get there? You know, who knows? You just don't have any idea. Uh, You know, I took a trip to Dallas over the Memorial Day weekend. If I'd started out with a couple of gallons of gas in the car and, you know, got you know somewhere between here and Texarkana with no uh, gas station, I'd have been really in in bad shape. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening with a lot of people in their retirement program. They're running out of gas long after they should have had plenty of money in that retirement program. Well, a lot of people think if they're capturing the match, that should be plenty. But our calculations have proven that that's not always the case. So it's important to know where you're headed if you're going to try to get there. And again, talking to baby boomers today on the show specifically, it is again important to highlight the sooner you come in before retirement, the better off you could potentially be. Because if you're five to 10 years out, we can adjust that savings rate Mm -hmm. or tell you how to adjust that savings rate to an appropriate amount that goes in so that you can possibly achieve your retirement goals. And that has part of the process in mind when we say that, but it is all about reaching that asset level, but it's not the first place that we start with. We need to know income. And that's something that people, you know, when they come in, John, the number one question is, can I retire? I mean, if, if they're a baby boomer, if they're coming up five years out or so, and they're thinking about retirement, that's the number one question I think we get is, can I retire? And we need to run the numbers, but the numbers start with income. And I don't think that's something that people come in at the forefront of their mind with. No, they're they're thinking about that large number and we've got to break that down into a monthly paycheck, if you will. And the other side of that equation, guys, is the fact that you've got to look at your budget and, and think about what lifestyle are you going to lead in retirement. I've seen a, on many occasions when we've sat down with folks, Tim, people actually start working through some, not a detailed budget, but something just general. And they figure out that they may not need as much money as they've been making all this time because they've been raising kids. They've been funding 401k plans. They've been paying for a large house and mm-hmm. they can downsize. There are, there's two sides to this. There's, there is the income. And there's the expenses. If you know mm-hmm. anything about accounting, which is a, a foreign <laughs> language around here, but but if you know anything about accounting, it is you know income and uh, and expenses. It is assets and liabilities, and you've got to match those assets with those liabilities. But I think a real good budget starts with uh, understanding what those expenses need to be. And we make sure have to make sure, obviously, that that income and those expenses in retirement balance. And one of the things that we oftentimes see, and most of you are probably in the same situation, is that if you've got that mortgage, which is your largest payment, it's likely, hopefully, going to be paid off either before you get to retirement or soon into it. Mm -hmm. So once that big payment is gone, it's going to take a lot less on a monthly basis to be able to make it. Well, our conversation has focused so far on the show with regard to savings. And now we're starting to turn the corner into income and expenses And when we move up to number four on the list, we're talking about expenses. The next two are going to be focused on the expense part of retirement. And those can be deadly sins that you need to avoid in retirement. And when we say avoid, it's avoid underestimating health costs. That's number four on our list. A 2018 analysis estimated that a healthy couple in their mid-60s may need to budget between a third and half a million dollars for their health care expenses. That would include supplementary uh, insurance, co-pays, and other out-of-pocket expenses. Said another way, 
a healthy male-female couple retiring at age 65 this year can expect to spend $285,000 on health care expenses in retirement. That's according to a Fidelity Investments annual analysis. Now, that's an average. You may be more, you may be less, but if you are not considering what your health care costs will be when you are analyzing income versus expenses in retirement, that can be a deadly sin for sure in retirement planning. Absolutely. And if you think you want to retire prior to Medicare age, Mm -hmm. get ready. Because yeah. the healthcare expenses are out the roof. And if your employer doesn't tide you over with some type of retiree healthcare, which is fairly rare in our experience, uh, it is really very, very expensive to retire early. Now, some people do it. Some people allocate that money and say, okay, this is for healthcare costs. But what that has the effect of doing is overall, it lowers the amount of income that you can have throughout the rest of your retirement because you burn those assets between, let's say, age 60 and age 65. Yeah. If you're retiring before age 65 and especially before age 62, when you could even start taking Social Security to have some guaranteed income, it's difficult. I know Scott and I are working with a a couple and I mean, he's 55 right now and they've done well accumulating. But between 55 and 62, I mean, you have to burn through your own assets and Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have a very large nest egg at that point to be able to continue on through 62 and 65 on into that maybe 20, 25 year retirement. And if that's something you want, then getting started even earlier with your planning is extremely important to make sure you've got those assets allocated for that. Let's face it. The folks that, that, are thinking about doing that, they have a large amount of assets, but what they probably also have is they have a pretty large lifestyle Mm -hmm. and they think I want to continue to live this lifestyle, even though I don't want to work. Well, all of a sudden, then you've got this big drain on your assets and you could just be living on whatever guaranteed income sources that you have later in life if you really don't put the pencil to this and make sure that it can work out. Yeah, and one final note on that, when it comes to healthcare costs, part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process is to adjust your income over your retirement life for inflation. And when you consider that the average inflation right now in the United States is hovering under the 3% mark, but healthcare costs are going up well over 6 if not close to 7% per year, that is a big component to scheduling in those raises. And I think that's one of the things a lot of people talk to us about when they say, well, they look at our, the way the income is mapped out in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, and they go, well, I've got, as they traditionally say, my go years, my slow go years, and my no go years. And I don't need as much money on the back end of that. Well, you probably don't need the money to go, but you may need the money for prescription drugs, for doctor's visits, or for number five on our list, long-term care costs. That's, That's right. another big expense that people don't really like to talk about. Yeah, if you take a look at this IRI study that you referenced earlier, near, nearly 70% of those in their mid-60s are going to need some type of long-term care. And the average cost of institutionalized long-term care is about $89,000 a year. In Arkansas, it's slightly less than that. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that there is a huge difference between a private pay bed and a Medicaid bed. You don't want in a Medicaid bed. It is it is a lower standard of care, and I'm sure I'll get hate mail from the nursing home industry because of that, but it is. I've experienced this in my own family. I've seen seen this. And so you want to be prepared for that. You do not want to be struggling with that part of your health care that late in your life. And so long-term care is an expensive proposition. Scott, it is one of the most difficult conversations that we have with people to get them to get it, to get Mm -hmm. them to understand that this is something that is staring them in the face and they likely won't be able to avoid it because we all think that we're Superman and Superwoman and are somehow going to beat the clock and not be able to have to be in a nursing home or have to have home health care or some type of assisted living or something of that nature. And the fact remains that there is a certain percentage of people that are going to have that expense. Certain percentage of people are going to die before they have to have that expense. And some people will just struggle with it. Yeah, that's and the number one objection, I think, is uh, they don't want to pay for it. Right. The premiums can be pretty high. I mean, you're certainly going to talk if you're 55 to 60 years old, it's going to be a few hundred dollars probably a Mm -hmm. month per person. I'm I'm not going to try to scare anybody off with that. That's just reality. But if you think about how are you going to pay 
if a long-term care event is triggered in your life, and we've already quoted the numbers, 70% of us will need some sort of long-term care. you got to decide before you walk into retirement, how are you going to pay for it if it happens? And you really have three options. You can self-insure. In other words, you're going to use your assets to pay for it. You can put that risk off on transfer that risk, as we say, onto an insurance company, pay a premium, and then have a pool of money to use uh, for that long-term care expense, or you can just rely on Medicaid. Those yeah. are the three options. And, and it, relying on Medicaid is not an option for a lot of people because Medicaid is a pauper's program. You have to have less than $2,000 in assets in order to qualify for Medicaid. So if you've got a healthy 401k plan, an IRA or something like that, you're probably not going to qualify for Medicaid. And imagine if your spouse is stuck kind of dealing with that too. So it's it's got a double-edged sword there. We're going to take a break and be back right after this. Are you following us on social media? Search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA so you don't miss out on behind the scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Email those questions in, and we might use one of those on the air in an upcoming Get Ready for the Future show. And we also want you to bring your questions to our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop. It is focusing on Social Security. It's coming up still a few weeks away, July 16th at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway. So if you're listening, as we know, we have a lot of listeners in the Moralton, Greenbrier, Valonia, Conway area. Make sure to attend that free upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshop on July 16th at 6.30. So here's what we're going to do. Obviously, we're going to talk about Social Security. We're going to bring in our Social Security expert, Stephanie Smith, who is a part of the Gen Wealth team. But she also spent 27 years working for the Social Security Administration, and she knows the ins and outs like nobody I've ever met with regard to Social Security, whether it's a claiming strategy question, whether it's just basically the mechanical questions of Social Security. How does this thing really work if I'm divorced, if I'm widowed, if I'm this, if I'm that? She really is phenomenal at answering those questions. And it is a Q&A forum, John. It's really not a presentation as much as it is ask Stephanie a question and let her answer it. Yeah, Stephanie is what we in the football world would call a first-round draft pick, or yes. in the basketball world, it would be a lottery pick. Uh, she absolutely is a superstar when it comes to Social Security. And well, she should be. 27 years in the business, uh, she knows her stuff. And we felt like that Social Security was such a critical part of the planning process that we wanted to have an expert on the team. And voila, there was Stephanie and we brought her in uh, to be an advisor. She's working on becoming an advisor. She is a, an absolutely qualified social security expert because of the time that she spent in the system. And we are so glad to have her on our team. So again, free to attend Mike's place in Conway, July 16th at 630. If you're planning your summer, I know that's a few weeks out, but make plans to attend that. Just sign up at getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. All of our Gym Wealth Academy workshops, always free. Education is the focus. We are not there to sell you anything. We are where we're going to sell Stephanie's, what we're going to do. We're going to say, hey, take advantage of this. No, we're going to let her uh, borrow Stephanie. We're borrow. Yeah. Well, so we don't want to get rid of her. We're, we're keeping One night it. only. How about right. that? Yes. That's okay. Right. So we're talking about the seven deadly sins of retirement planning today. We've got six and seven to deal with here in our final segment on the show. If you missed any of them, Go back and check out our broadcast via iTunes or Stitcher. You can get us on podcast. You can get any of the Get Ready for the Future shows on podcast. Number six is mishandling your retirement date. On one hand, some people have been forced to postpone retirement because they couldn't afford it. Some 29% of folks aged 62 to 66 have postponed their retirement. And a huge number, 33% aged 67 to 72 have also postponed their retirement because they couldn't afford it or they didn't think they could afford it. So when you go back to the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, this gets back into the income discussion that we touched briefly on earlier. But if you don't think you can afford your retirement or you're just wondering if you can, come in and see us and start the discussion about income. And and we break income needs in retirement down into two categories. What is your required income? In other words, what do you need to pay the bills month to month? 
And what is your desired income? What do you want to have? What do you want to do in retirement? This is the dreaming part, and it's the truly living part. We combine those two, John, into one net number, and then we adjust to gross or to uh, to account Inflation. for taxes, and then we figure out what your assets will provide you, and then there's your answer. Yeah, and and that is a process that I think everybody logically should go through if they're thinking about retirement. Uh, I think that if you are looking at retirement, you've got to have that plan on paper, on purpose, through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. If you don't really understand uh, whether you can can retire or not based on your assets, then you do need to sit down with an advisor. I was thinking as you were going through this, Scott, the number one reason that people have delayed retirement in the last, say, 10 years or so is what happened in their portfolio and mm-hmm. how they reacted to it in 2008. Because a lot of people saw the market go down and then reacted and said, I better save this. I'm going to put it over in the fixed account and leave it there because I'm getting older and I can't take any risk. Well, because of that, they have missed the run up and they are now struggling because, yes, they do have the money that they saved, but they basically got talked into missing out on the recovery that we've had over the last, let's say, 10 years or so. It's been a long run to miss out on those gains for sure. Yeah, it's very easy to let your emotions get the best of you when you're trying to manage your own money as well. You're mm-hmm. you're seeing the market drop and all of a sudden it's like, well, it's going to keep going down. I better sell out now. And so you sell it potentially a low and then you miss getting back in until it's either high or you never get the money back in. We've actually seen people walk into the office who still have their money in that fixed account after Almost eleven years now. Yeah, when I, you're, go ahead, John. I, well, I was just going to say, I've I've had people say to me, "Well, that's easy for you to say. It's not your money." Yeah. Well, let's let's look at it this way. I, I have seen people make this mistake over and over again. I'm not new to this rodeo. I've been here for 31 years in this industry, and I've seen people make this mistake over and over again. And when you do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason, it will cripple you as far as your retirement is concerned. You've got to understand that unless you're going to bet wholesalely against the American economy and basically put the flag in and say, okay, this whole thing of the United States and and the American economy is over we're not going to go anywhere, then you are are probably going to bet wrong because I've never seen anybody long-term bet against the U.S. economy and win. It just doesn't happen. So I think that that by moving your money out of the market when you have a big downturn, I think that does portend that you are really betting against the U.S. economy. And even if you left it in, do you have a strategy? Is there something that you're doing to plan for those risks that we know from our industry and working in what we do that you're going to face. We've got those strategies in place here, but not everybody does. Just to be clear, we're not saying it'll be okay, just leave it alone. There is a part of that 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 you do want to do that with because there's not going to be money needed, uh, you know, for 20 or 25 years Mm -hmm. or maybe even longer than that. Mm -hmm. But you do need to have some of your assets powder dry, so to speak, so you can weather that storm and build yourself time for that portfolio to recover. Well, think about the objective. When we build a retirement income plan, we are building a plan that provides you consistent income over time. Well, it's hard to plan for consistent income if you're going to be withdrawing, i.e. selling shares of whatever investment you're in as the market gets choppy, as the market Mm -hmm. goes down. So our process, the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, Teresa focuses on buckets of money, segmenting that out, using a certain bucket of money for a certain period of time. And what you do is you base your investments on when you're going to use them. We talk about naming our dollars when we're doing budgets. We do the same for retirement. We name the dollars based on how they're going to be utilized to make sure that, A, you don't outlive your money, and B, that those rising costs of living and the market volatility don't hurt you in those down markets. I say when you're trying to avoid risk, you talk about pulling the money out of the market and trying to be safe, you're really creating another risk, Tim, and that's the fact that your money won't grow and you won't be able to keep up with inflation. Yes, inflation is the big elephant in the room sometimes. We we talk to a lot of clients who are in their early 50s and they want, say, $7,000 a month in retirement. Well, just 10 years from then, when they expect to retire, that 7,000 is probably going to be more mm-hmm. like 8,000 or so. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's going to continue all the way through your retirement for 25 or 30 years. So one of the things we do is we build in that inflation aspect for you to provide, provide you more income monthly 
throughout the years as you go through retirement. It is a unique plan specific to you. If you'd like to learn more about how the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process could apply to you, pick up the phone and call 501-653-7355 to connect with a Gen Wealth advisor near you or email us info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Our final deadly sin of retirement planning is not setting affairs in order. Probably the most astonishing revelation in that survey we've uh, referenced today several times is that two-thirds of boomers have taken no steps to protect themselves if they suffer, suffer diminished capacity or dementia. And that's another thing you don't like talking about, like long-term care, John. You don't like to think about that. You want to think about the good times in retirement, but you've got a plan for the bad. Yeah, and the, the excuse here is that attorneys are expensive. Yes, they are, but not having your affairs in order is more expensive. And I've lived this life. I, my dad, my stepdad was in a, a hospitals in and out of hospitals and nursing care for about six months before he passed and if i had not had power of attorney he would have lost his house he would have lost the truck he'd been paying on that he only really owed about two thousand dollars more on because nobody else would have been able to make those payments on his behalf so it was extremely important to us that we had that in place when we needed it and if you're waiting until you need it to get it it's too late scott as part of the gen wealth ready to retire process we highly recommend that people uh, contract with a, a state planning attorney, uh, someone who can walk through this whole process with them and set up things like wills, trust, durable powers of attorney, guardianship arrangements if you have minor kids. Uh, there's a lot involved here. And yes, it do, it is a bit costly. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to the, the phrase that I said just a minute ago. Having your affairs out of order is more costly, and it's more costly to your loved ones. It's more costly to your family, not just in dollars and cents, but in stress. I think speaking of loved ones, I think one of the big things that we don't think about sometimes, since we do almost all of our finances online anymore, or at least most people do, is having those usernames and passwords set up somewhere so that if you are the one that's you know the one logging in and checking your balance, reconciling things, that if something does happen to you, your spouse knows what those passwords are, knows what those mm-hmm. websites are that you're going to, and understands where everything is. Uh, there, let me mention this. We use a password master here at yes. GenWealth, and I, I'm not going to endorse any one. You can go pick out the one that you want. There's several of them out there, but all you have to have is one password to get into that software that actually will give you all the passwords for all your websites. It's a great way to save some time, also to be very efficient in that process. Well, we've talked about a lot. We are coming up on the end of our program today, but the bottom line is, is it really takes a team approach. You need a team working for you. There's a lot to consider when you walk up into retirement, avoiding those deadly sins, but doing the right things to set up your retirement. And we can help you do that. 501-653-7355 or info at getreadyforthefuture.com. That's all the time we have this week on the Get Ready for the Future show. Hope you'll join us again next Saturday morning. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. See you.